Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Hey guys, and welcome to Moms and Murder, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? Doing great. Yeah? (laughs) How do you really feel? (laughs) I'm a little sleepy. It's much later than it normally is when we record, and I'm hungry. And She's um, hangry. Yeah. So... Otherwise, things are going well. We've already (laughs) recorded and done a lot of stuff tonight, so we're... um, we're soldiers and we're going to do this. We are. And <laughs> we're going to get a little punchy, I'm sure, and probably more sarcastic than we should, but that's what we're here for. That's what we're going to do. This so, is like the Moms and Murder late night edition. <laughs> don't say that because that has a whole different meaning. No, it's not. It is not that. If you think that's what this is, turn this episode off and go find something else. We are not the show for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Melissa, just get into the announcements. <laughs> this conversation's going off the rails. <laughs> totally you. Okay, so a couple announcements for tonight. The first one is... Our two pods a day reminder. We wanted to uh, remind you guys that we are part of the two pods two pods a day campaign. It aims to introduce podcast listeners to two independent podcasts every day for the month of October. Uh, we hope to give visibility to some of the great indie podcasts that you probably haven't heard of. Two pods a day encourages you to listen more and listen indie. I love saying that. That's my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> it makes you sound like a radio announcer. Right? I, know. Like I know. I know. It's very, very cool. Professional. Yes. Yeah. I like yours better. <laughs> so um, this is our 14th episode, but next week is our big 15th episode. And who celebrates a 15th episode? We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my kids aren't here for a couple of days or with my parents. And so I had a terrible idea in the middle of the night. Like, why don't we invite a bunch of people to join us for our 15th episode? <laughs> Great. Okay. And also everybody only has a few days to get everything into us. <laughs> Even better. And also let's be under the wire. Got it. So if you, this is the first time you're hearing about this, you've already met, you've already missed the deadline. You can't join us because <laughs> it's due today. <laughs> Technically it was due yesterday um, because we uh, only announced it on social media. So find us on social media. We talk about these random things, all the midnight announcements. <laughs> That's where you find it. So anyway, so our 15th episode, it's going to have a Q&A with our kids, which we talked about before. 
So um, hopefully you've gotten those questions in. And then we have some extra special treats with you guys, for you guys. We do? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking like, do we tell them what it is? Do we not? So we'll have different podcasters on. Right. Telling, I'm not going to say what they're telling, but different podcasters from different genres because we wanted to really mix it up. Right. And just have some of our friends on here. And then also some listeners will be a part of our 15th special episode. Whatever mess this is going to turn out to be. Honestly, we meant to do something for our 10th, but we just got real confused on what day things were due and when to do things. And it took us five more weeks to not it's even figure it out. typical of basically everything that I ever try to schedule and plan for in my life. I threw out a planner today because I only wrote two things in it and was like, well, this is just taking up no, space. No, I bought a planner at the beginning of the year and I've been trying to keep up with writing things in it, but then I just forget to go back and look in it to see. <laughs> Did I have something planned this day? No, no. I'll write it in. Yeah. <laughs> I use my phone one and that one works really, really well for me. Um, okay, so then also... Oh, by the time you hear this, we'll have hit over 50,000 downloads. Oh, my god! No, don't do that. You're going to want me to edit that later, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> they can't see the arm movements and the, you know, bodily nope, things. No, you're still doing, doing it. So. so thank you for sticking with us for 50,000 yeah, downloads. Seriously. What are you people doing I, with your time? Um, no. <laughs> well, Melissa's lovely. It's really me that probably would be scaring off um, – droves of people at a time. I literally said, what are you doing with your time after our thank you? So I may be more offensive than you, Um, but we don't want to compete for that because then we (laughs) lose everyone. So thank you so much. That makes us feel really special. And I, I don't know what's happening over there on Libsyn, but the numbers are going haywire. <laughs> um, and then also wanted to remind you about our Patreon account, patreon.com slash moms and murder podcast. Feel free to support your favorite moms. Or not. (laughs) Or don't, honestly. Totally your call. I don't know if I would support us. I can barely get my husband to support us at this point. (laughs) So we're extra punchy, guys. Um, And then also Facebook group, Mums the Word. Lots of fun over there. We swear gifting is coming to an end. Welcome gifts will be gone soon. But I don't want to be the one to break it to people. I know. We've just dug ourselves into a deep, deep hole with gifting, and there's no getting out of it now. So, um, yeah, inquire with it. And if you're interested in becoming the Mums the Word official gift person. Just answer the will you murder us question correctly, and we'll let you in. But please don't murder us. So, oh, my gosh. Mandy, I want to go to sleep. You want to go to sleep and eat. Can we get this started? I hope so. Go. Can we? No. (laughs) Okay. All right. So today, guys, we're going to be discussing um, the very gruesome murder of Jasmine Fiore, who was a 28-year-old model from Santa Cruz, California. Her body was found on August 15th, 2009. She had been strangled and her body mutilated before being stuffed into a suitcase and thrown into a dumpster in Buena Park, California. Her body was disfigured in disturbing ways, with her fingertips being cut off and her teeth being removed, presumably to impede identification of her body. She was last seen at the San Diego Hilton Hotel getting into her Mercedes with her husband, Ryan Jenkins, at around 2.30 a.m. on August 14, 2009. So what do you think about that so far, Melissa, that little summary? Um, I think we do a lot of spouses killing one another. <laughs> Isn't I, there, There's got to be statistics out there that that's like a very highly common. Yeah, you're type much of, more likely right. to be murdered by somebody that you know than and a stranger. And especially someone who lives under the same roof as you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm At least so in my scared. case. Wait, what? <laughs> is this a confession or are you scared? I don't understand which way you're it's, going with this. It might be both. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So Jasmine began her career as a swimsuit model and found success in other areas of the industry as well. She worked for Playboy as a promoter but never posed in the magazine. She often worked as a body-painted model at parties and events for entertainment, acted in commercials for adult hotlines, and appeared in shows in Vegas. Adult hotlines? That's basically what you thought the beginning of our show was. <laughs> she wasn't actually in. like right. she, she, she didn't, didn't work do, there. She was just like the model where they try to rope you in and be like, oh, yeah. chat with this girls is like who this. you're talking right? to. Yeah. And you know it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Could be. We don't know. <laughs> We don't know. Who Um, am I to judge? (laughs) So outside of her modeling career, she also held a real estate license and had aspirations of opening a gym and personal training center. Friends of Jasmine's described her personality as being warm, kind, and friendly. 
which um, no one's ever said about me in my entire life. (laughs) I would say friendly, maybe warm. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Like body temperature. Maybe if I had a fever, somebody was always wearing a sweater. Okay. Um, So Jasmine did not always live a glamorous life. Her parents divorced when she was just eight years old and her mom raised her alone. Before she made it onto the modeling scene, she held a much simpler position as a grocery bagger. Not that being a grocery bagger is simple, but it's simpler than being like a swimsuit model. A hotline model. Or Or any kind of model. Yeah, any kind of model. (laughs) I was a bagger for many years. I was very good at it. Very good at it. So I will, I will stand up for every bagger <laughs> around these parts. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, Jasmine was also considered a tomboy, and she had no qualms about playing football with the boys, you know, just getting dirty, kind of a rough and tumble kind of girl, which if you have seen pictures of Jasmine Fiore, which you probably have, if you don't recognize her name, you would definitely recognize her photo. Um she doesn't look like a tomboy at all, but no, that, that just... was kind of a jump to me because yeah, 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 me too. Although I guess whenever you get into like modeling and then those types of things, you know, you kind of get dolled up. It's just part of the that gig. just takes so much time. Well, someone else does it for them. Okay, but you know how people <laughs> love getting their hair like colored and stuff. I'm not interested. It takes hours, and they never put a towel behind your neck whenever they wash your hair. I'm always the biggest baby whenever they want to wash my hair. I'm like, can we please get towels under my soft, delicate neck? I can't even wear um, necklaces, like even a light necklace because my neck kills me. Well, I don't understand now at salons when you go and like they tell you, okay, lean your head back and rest your you know neck on the neck rest. Why are there no Pillows. padded, what? like a padded thing? I don't understand. Ask for, ask for towels. They I'm getting very upset about this because you would think that by now someone would be like they need to Maybe. build these sinks Shh. with like a plastic padded thing no more kind of like this a is what we're doing we're doing this <laughs> Shh, don't tell them oh this, yes, is, our... this is patented <laughs> we have to talk to a lawyer we just patented this just a second ago sorry yeah what is today's date whatever today's date is this is our idea you can't steal it from us we will sue you so help me god <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. I can't talk anymore. Can we Go get back on track. No, <laughs> never. So Jasmine grew up in a small town and had a love for nature and animals, especially horses. Well, you know which one of us that sounds like. Me, of course. <laughs> I You know, I used to ride horses whenever I was younger. My grandparents' neighbor had a horse and it was named Ginger and I loved that horse. Of course. <laughs> Don't try and rhyme that. Um yeah, I loved it, but yeah, no. So I've had my Share of animal love. She's had a share of animal (laughs) encounters. (laughs) That's even worse. (laughs) I'm telling you. Just turn it off. Just turn it off. Thank you for your download. Late night edition of Mom. Turn it off. This is what happens when we don't start recording until after 9 p.m. And we're both usually in bed. We're so old. Yeah. A family friend of Jasmine's named Gwendolyn was quoted in People magazine saying that Jasmine had a quality that a lot of people just did not have, which was a sincerity. And I think that's a really sweet thing to say about someone. Um, I don't have anything else to say about that. Melissa, I, read I think it as, you are the most sincere person I've ever met. <laughs> that's bull. I read it as <laughs> Serenity, and it reminded me of Serenity Now from George Costanza's father, which I still cannot remember that man's name. Oh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> Yes. Seinfeld, you freak. <laughs> it's from Seinfeld. And uh, he yells serenity now, and it's one of my favorite things ever. You're a big Seinfeld fan, right, Mandy? Absolutely. You're the worst. <laughs> we had a whole conversation, and um, I am, I didn't watch Seinfeld We recorded 10 minutes, and it is not there because I pushed the wrong button. And so we're having to um, discuss these conversations with you guys again. So this round, Mandy knew a Seinfeld reference, but... Rest assured, last time she did not. (laughs) So when Jasmine first began modeling, she was nervous and a little timid of the big city, but she continued to book jobs in Vegas. And as I said, she was a swimsuit model and had other odd jobs modeling for restaurant ads and adult phone line commercials. Sure. Uh, It was during this time in Vegas that she met Ryan Jenkins, which is another name that might sound familiar if you are like Melissa and really enjoy... (laughs) 
um, trash TV, as I like to call it, because Ryan Jenkins was on the show Megan Wants a Millionaire. So I am not very familiar with this show, but when I initially told Melissa that I was thinking about doing this case, she practically jumped out of her seat with excitement. <laughs> I lit up. She was like, I've seen the show that he yeah. was on. So she knew exactly who this guy was. And um, yeah, she's going to tell you a little about the show Megan Wants a Millionaire. <laughs> First of all, it's not the show he was on. It's the shows he was on. Right. He was on several shows. He was. But he started with Megan Wants a Millionaire. And Megan Wants a Millionaire was a reality dating show that was on VH1. And it was featuring... Megan Hauserman, and she was actually on a show previously called Rock of Love with everyone's favorite diabetic rock star, <laughs> Brett, <laughs> Brett Michaels. He was on The Apprentice, and all he talked about was diabetes. That's what he said, diabetes, and he called everyone his best friend. Like, oh. whoever got voted off, he just cried and called them their best friend, and they all said, we hate you, Brett. And he just kept going for his friends. Sounds I loved exactly it. like every other VH1 show. <laughs> oh, no, that was The Apprentice. But now we're on his Rock of Love. And then he had, like, Rock of Love bus where the women followed him around. There was lots of these shows to – to dig into. And they were all equally terrible. But I was really pregnant at this Who's point. Who's funding this type of television? Well, first of all, I'm clearly watching it. And there's <laughs> other idiots like me who are like seven months pregnant with nothing to do. <laughs> so yeah, I watched it. All of them. I, I have no shame, honestly. Um, every trash TV show I watch, which now it's basically only 90 Day Fiance, um, <laughs> my, my husband always calls... Um, Bad Girls Club. Like, no matter what, he's like, you're watching Bad Girls Club. I'm like, I don't even think that's been a show for, like, 30 years. I used to really love Bad Girls Club. So Megan on Rock of Love, she really, like, was a self-proclaimed gold digger. She just talked about all the time how she just wanted to marry for money. and Sounds like a dream. Yeah, and she had <laughs> one of those – it was very Paris Hilton-y, honestly, if you watched her. She – it was – yeah, it was tough to watch. I loved it because I love – I like things that are tough to watch. Yeah. Well, I like hated her. And so then it was more entertaining to me because I kept wanting her to get kicked off. But also he needed somebody to help him. Oh, you just said Paris Hilton. So there is one show I used to watch that's in the vein of trash TV. The one that had Paris and what's her friend? Nick, Nicole Rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I used to watch that. So I used to watch that too. And um, I actually did enjoy it. Yeah. See, trash TV, it's kind of podcasting. Whoa, that's so insulting. <laughs> it's so insulting. But it's something that takes you away from everything else. So trash TV, you're kind of like, oh, my life is a hot mess, but yours is way worse. Right. And so <laughs> that's, that's what I get out of them. So anyway, so Hauserman, she was also on Rock of Love Charm School, and she said she wanted to be a trophy wife, and Charm School was terrible. I didn't really like that show. They tried to make them be like nice sophisticated They try ladies. to refine these. Yeah, and they were just terrible and it didn't work. And of course, half of it's scripted anyway. Um, and then VH1 decided she was such a great personality, which again, I compared her to Paris Hilton. So that's the kind of personality we're working with here. They offered her her, her own show, Megan Wants a Millionaire, where um, 17 men were picked to be on this show. Each one was supposed to have at least a million dollar um, net worth to be on this show. And Ryan was actually a finalist on this show, um, but ultimately he was not picked by Megan. Rejected. Also, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot more to this. <laughs> so we'll go into a little bit about Ryan. Um, he was born in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada on February 8th, 1977. Born to a wealthy father, he grew up business-minded and eventually became a real estate developer or an investment banker, depending on who you ask. Um, although people who knew him said they didn't believe that he was really rich at all and that he did not have his own money. Right. Uh, another contestant that was on the show was actually quoted as saying that he didn't have any money. So I don't know how he would know, you know. I don't know how the other contestants would know. Yeah. I mean, maybe millionaires know. Maybe there's like <laughs> a special like cologne they all wear right. or something. And if you don't have it, you don't know. So according to VH1, though, Ryan did have uh, a net worth of over $2 million when right. he was, I guess, what, approved to be on the show? What do they call it? Is chosen? It chosen. <laughs> it sounds so like... Sounds a little cultish. When he was but... chosen. Yeah. <laughs> um, when Ryan and Jasmine met in March 2009, this was, of course, at a fancy rich person model 
get together, I guess, a meeting of the reality star minds, if you will, um, sparks flew and they had a very quick shotgun wedding in Vegas just two days later. So they did the thing at the little white chapel, which of course everybody knows is like an iconic place in Vegas. If you want to have a quickie wedding, or even if you just want to go there and like elope or something like that, I think that would be a neat thing to do. Yeah. On your next marriage? Is that what you're planning? <laughs> is that what you're saying? No. I mean, when when we were going to get married, we had already been together so long and we actually considered doing that, just taking like a Vegas vacation instead of... Um, like the movie Vegas vacation? <laughs> <laughs> like an actual Vegas vacation. <laughs> and just uh, like getting married at the chapel. But we didn't do that because... Um, I didn't realize how expensive Vegas was. <laughs> I know. It's all expensive. If I had so to do expensive. it over again, I think I've already said that, I would just elope and just somewhere small and just save the money for something like your air conditioner going out or something that's going to happen once you get married. and <laughs> Or leaving the faucet on and flooding out your whole house. And having I've done to that get, one time. new floors. One time. <laughs> and my husband made a video, literally. <laughs> on how to properly turn off and on. <laughs> yeah. I literally made a video of how to turn off a faucet. I left it on and the kids were screaming and we had to leave. And so I guess there's so much noise sometimes that you don't even know <laughs> like a water. I don't know how the drain on. got plugged though. The, the drain wasn't very good. So, oh. but it was on full blast. Right. So yeah, eventually it floods your whole house, except my room, which I wanted the floors redone in and... Wouldn't you know it, it came like three inches from my room and that didn't get to didn't flood it. No. Guys, it was really bad. I felt so bad for her at the time because um, she had just gotten brand new floors, like not very long Like saved before. up all of our money to get yes. it. It was a big deal. And then flooded out the house. And, yeah. And yeah. I had towels stepping on and just water smushing out of Ugh. the things and realizing I had to call my husband and tell him what happened and was like, how can I make this that better? That phone call would just... It just gives me the dread just even thinking about it. He, he was like, I got to tell you, I can't talk right now. He's like, I'll see you in a little bit, but I can't really talk. Like he, I he just is the it. nicest man ever. He, that is not the reaction I would get. Well, oh no, it was that reaction or the opposite of that reaction. So I was like, okay, you want to be quiet? I'm good with that. Let's be quiet. I'll be quiet too. Thank you. But yeah, no, he made a nice video, which I don't know where we were going with that. But I don't either. If I can find that video, I'll post it on our Facebook group know. because we're, it's hilarious. Who said it best? We're the most tangity um, <laughs> going off on tangents. I know. That's us though, guys. Hopefully you like it. If not, if not, I don't, don't know leave why a you're review. Still Please don't leave a review. <laughs> All right. So those who knew Jasmine and Ryan say that their marriage was far from a fairy tale, which doesn't really surprise me since they didn't even know each other when they got married. Um, In June 2009, Ryan was arrested for domestic violence after he allegedly hit Jasmine. So this was an incident that took place at one of these fancy dancy Vegas hotels. Fancy dancy. We're so fancy we use words like fancy dancy. (laughs) I feel like my mom said that when I was a kid and now I'm like, no. I feel like every time I'm becoming your mom. Right. Right. Who's a wonderful lady? You you would be lucky to become your mom. I hope you become your mom. (laughs) Like now. (laughs) Like hurry up the process. (laughs) So so anywho This happened at like a pool, at a hotel, a resort, whatever you want to call it, casino. I don't know what. It's all the same. We're not invited to these places. That's all I've never been to a ritzy place like this. Oh, gosh. Don't use ritzy now. (laughs) Stop. 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 Okay. Okay. I'm stopping. (laughs) So Jasmine's ex-fiance, Tony Heinrich, was at this party, which I don't know why he was there. (laughs) It seems like an odd, you know. I, I don't know. I guess it's a small world. I don't really know, though. Is it that small, though? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, so he was there and said that he witnessed this incident of Ryan punching Jasmine. And there was also, of course, friends of Jasmine's that were there and who gave the story, you know, told their account of the story later. And apparently what had happened was Jasmine and Ryan, of course, were both drinking heavily and just having a grand old time. And Jasmine began flirting with... Um, other men, I guess one in particular, and even started like making out with him at the pool. Okay, right in front of her brand new husband. Okay, yeah. so um, that didn't go over well, as you can imagine. And Ryan 
already apparently was a pretty jealous person. And he got mad and punched her in the arm and kind of was just like shoving her around the pool and was like, what are you doing? You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. To me, it's super scary when somebody will do this in, in front, front of people. people. Yeah. Yes. And that, and they had not been together that long. Okay. So, you know, I feel like, you know, you're in for it pretty bad if they already start acting yeah. this way and you haven't even been together for a year or, you know, not even six months, really. It's like, wow, he wasted no time showing his true colors, but, which is just only unfortunate because yeah. of what ended up happening. Yeah. And, you know, it's too bad that she... When they say witnesses are here, you know, and see this kind of thing, kind of thing, I always think, well, what did you do about it? Like, you saw right. him do that. Did you call the police? Did you say, are you okay? Or like, did where's all the guys? Like, didn't... How come nobody jumped in and, like, whooped this guy's... You know what? But it's okay to say but on our show. <laughs> it's an appropriate word. Yeah, but that's a – you know what I mean? I don't know. I just – it seems odd to me that people didn't step in. I don't know. Maybe they did. I don't – I didn't – I didn't look at, like, the surveillance footage of that day or anything like that. So I don't really know what happened. Right. But um, so – Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home? Introducing DashPass from DoorDash, your ultimate ticket to convenience and savings. With DashPass, you gain exclusive access to unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts that will leave your wallet smiling. Whether you're craving the flavors of your favorite restaurants, need groceries from across town, or anything in between, DashPass ensures that everything you need is just a few clicks away, delivered right to your door. With DashPass, not only do you enjoy $0 delivery fees, but you'll also benefit from lower service fees on eligible orders, making it the most affordable way to satisfy your cravings and stock up on essentials from your local favorites. What I really love is how quickly DashPass pays for itself. On average, it takes just two orders, which makes it a no-brainer investment for your budget. And as if that weren't enough, DashPass grants you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, adding an extra layer of excitement to your DoorDash experience. You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home, and it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait. Sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home. DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. So this was actually not the first time that Ryan had been in trouble with the law for assaulting a woman. And in 2005, he was arrested for actually pretty close to being the same thing. He had punched another one of his girlfriends and pushed her down a flight of stairs. So this guy is just a real piece of work. Um, not in the Michelangelo. No, 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 no. In when I say work, I mean he's really just like a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> a dirtbag. Yeah, he's you know not a good guy. Um, so Heinrich says that Jasmine confided in him that she wanted out of this relationship, but did not know how to escape Ryan's jealous clutches, and that just gives me chills. Okay, yeah, that that's terrifying. Yeah, I can really not think of anything more. Um, just horrifying than being stuck in a relationship and now a marriage yeah. with someone who's day by day turning out to be more and more of a psycho yeah. and just not really knowing, you know, what your options are to get out of this situation that you're now in. And, you know, I can just imagine how difficult that would be for her to even come up with a plan or, you know. Yeah. You know why you're saying that? I wonder if that could have been part of her plan, really, in that pool party with all those people, because both of us were kind of like, why would you make out with somebody in front of your husband? But if she's thinking maybe he'll be so fed up, he'll, he'll, he'll just leave. leave. Yeah. Right. Hmm. That, that kind of, yeah. Could make sense. Yeah. So Ryan spent two days in jail for that incident, and that's when their bogus marriage, anyway, uh, yeah. began to, to crumble. Um, begin. Did I just say beginded? <laughs> began. Honestly, it's so late. I might have. I know. I, I can't hear. Know what's happening. I can't hear words. <laughs> 
Uh, as it would turn out, Ryan had needed to marry a U.S. citizen so that he could stay in the U.S., and he had promised Jasmine a big payout for it. Um, he, Her friend had actually said that he was telling Jasmine that he would be depositing $10,000 a month like into her account, and this would be payment for um, marrying him and... Helping him get his green card? I guess so. Yeah. Ten grand a month. Honestly, where do I sign? I, I know. I'm thinking like, oh, I might have done the same thing. I know. Uh, but anyway, he allegedly could not provide the ten thousand dollars a month. He began um, just kind of saying like, oh yeah, babe, you pay for this, I'll pay you back. You pay for the groceries, I'll write you a check later. You know. And so eventually, Jasmine started having to dip into a lot of her own money and pay. Um, for things of, that he was, you know, doing and pay for to support both of them. And she kind of started realizing that she may have been swindled by this right. guy because clearly he wasn't this man with access to $2 million that, you know, she thought he was. And now he's also a jerk. Yeah. And um, I could see how she would get pretty fed up with that pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, have you guys, oh, this is just my own personal tangent, but have you checked out the new podcast, Dirty John? I started listening to one episode the other night. Okay. Yeah. Super good, like great production, all that stuff. It's, you know, a bigger podcast. But when you were talking about swindlers, it's a similar story where you just think, oh my goodness, how did somebody get away with all this? And you can see how it can start if there's this throes of passion, love, lust, all this stuff, and somebody hooks in and then you're stuck. Right. It's not hard. giving anything away, and yeah. no one's offering for us to play their promo, but right. <laughs> I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, Jasmine moved into her own apartment in Los Angeles, and Ryan followed quickly behind. So she did try to get out of the situation right. and um, got her own place. And at one point, Ryan intentionally brought home a lover. This is at this new place in word. Los Angeles. And he set it up for Jasmine to actually walk in and catch them. I'm not really sure what the point of this was. I guess he was hoping maybe that she would see him in bed with another woman and just be... Want to be with him again? <laughs> I guess. Or be jealous. I mean, because he was jealous. So maybe yeah. he was thinking, if her brain works the same as my crazy brain, then maybe I will get her to be jealous and do everything she can to show me how much she cares about me and all this, you know. No, I'm good. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not interested. <laughs> Not interested. Now I'm just going to be worried about an STD. That's basically right. all that's Right. And, and like, get out of my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know? So his plan backfired on him when Jasmine began speaking of now having their marriage annulled. So that was not... What his no? That was definitely That's not his not a goal. Part of the plan, no. So around this time, when things really started falling apart with Jasmine, Ryan contacted Megan Hauserman again, who was from the reality Megan show. Megan wants a millionaire. Megan wants a millionaire, and told her that he was going to be on another reality show where he would have the chance to win money. He wanted to do this for Jasmine and stated that he was really upset that he could not get her to like him and wanted to win her back with money that he was yeah intending to win on. Yet another reality TV show. Yeah. So he did. He signed on for the series I Love Money Season 3, which what a name for a show. <laughs> it's so creative. It was all reality stars from like the Flavor Flav show. And then but they all have Love money Love. already. No, they don't. These no, people are. No, no, no. You're thinking reality stars like Bachelor's stuff where they're like, oh, I have, I'm a doctor. I'm this. These people are like. Hi, they found me on the side of the road on my, on their way in, and I auditioned, and you know, <laughs> or I'm a do you have some drugs? No, uh, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so it was bad. I will say, I love money was even too terrible for me. Really, I couldn't even watch I Love Money, and my standards are very low. I'm gonna have to go look up like Don't one episode so I can mm-hmm. watch it. <laughs> and everybody on the shows, nobody actually had their real names. They were called like. Buttercup or... Oh, no. No, or, count me out already. Yeah. I don't do nicknames yeah, like that. New York, all that kind of stuff. So nobody actually no, no, no. used their name. So it was very... It was Next. Weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. so when Ryan left to film this show, I think I actually read that he filmed it in Mexico? Yeah, they were in Mexico. Okay. Um, Jasmine began spending a lot of time with her ex... Another ex-boyfriend. She has a lot of exes. So sorry if this is confusing. Um, so not the first guy. Now we're on to the different guy. Right. <laughs> so she started spending a lot of time with Robert Hasman. And eventually she did file for an annulment from Ryan in her marriage. And um, that was also done while Ryan was away in Mexico filming this wonderful piece of. No. Cinematic <laughs> history. No. Yes. It was terrible. 
<laughs> so when Ryan returned to L.A., he revealed that he had won the competition and the quarter million dollar prize that came along with it. He told Jasmine that he won the money for her and that he loved her. And Jasmine, I guess, just saw dollar signs in his eyes and yeah. went for it and said, okay, we can stay together. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's professing his love and now he's got his own money. So maybe she thinks, I don't know, that there's – he was under stress and he'll be better. You never know what the mind thinking, of somebody. Right. Yeah. And obviously he was a manipulator, so – Sure, yeah. So well, on paper this looks really like, huh, to us. But we're not in it with being – thrown flowers to us and jewelry. I would do a lot of things. And someone promising you $10,000 a month. Oh, I'm down. So the couple reconciled and it appeared to others that their relationship was genuine. However, something to note is that at this time when they got back together, Jasmine, who was your typical platinum blonde um, swimsuit model kind of person, she dyed her blonde hair very dark brown. So right. you can see in photos with her and Ryan together that at one point it just switches. There is no in between. There is no like fade, you know, to yeah. color. It literally goes from platinum blonde to dark, dark brown. Well, maybe so that's she a- hated going to the salon <laughs> and having her neck hurt like crap. She and was did. like, do this once. <laughs> she probably did. On the evening of August 13th, 2009, Ryan and Jasmine checked into the La Berge Hotel in San Diego. The couple was set to attend a charity fund poker tournament for the Karma Foundation at the Del Mar Hilton Hotel. They can be seen on surveillance footage leaving the Hilton around 2.30 in the morning on August 14th. They were later seen at a nightclub in downtown San Diego. That's so late. I know. Well, 2.30 in the morning, I can see them still being out because that is like prime time for the party animals who go out to like those types of nightclubs. I mean, that's like, that's, that's just nightlife. I don't know. You wouldn't know. (laughs) I I wouldn't know. And neither would you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Back in my day. No, back in my day, I was still in bed at 10 o'clock. At around 4.30 a.m., Brian returned to the hotel alone. He was seen on surveillance footage leaving the hotel at around 9 a.m., although he never checked out at the front desk. He walked out, and Jasmine was never seen alive again. A source that was with a couple that night of, uh, on the night of the murder told ABC News that Ryan and Jasmine had a pretty nasty blowout in front of everyone. P.S. Blowout sounds, as a parent, it is a whole different thing. <laughs> that involves diapers. Uh, Jasmine was allegedly playing poker with a big group of friends and kept being very rude to Ryan, or so he perceived. Things quickly turned awkward and Ryan continued to get angry, a tone that would carry into the rest of the evening. When they arrived at the nightclub at the Ivy Hotel, Jasmine spent a significant amount of time in the bathroom on her phone. Ryan began questioning who she was talking to so late and Jasmine lied about it and said it was her mom when, in fact, she was texting an ex-boyfriend, Robert Hasman. The content of their conversation was largely that Jasmine was done with Ryan and she wanted Robert to send a jet to pick her up. <laughs> yeah, I want a jet to do lots of things for me. <laughs> I just I'm, I just laugh at that part because it's just not reality for, yeah, not, for most no, people. <laughs> so it's, it is humorous. Like, yeah. Just send your jet, please. Yeah. I'm ready. Like like hailing a taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like is this Uber? Is there an Uber taxi? I mean, an Uber jet? That's exactly what it seems like to me. Yeah. Like she just, it's just easy. I hate it though because she, she's wanting out of this. Like she right. sees where this is Whether going. Whether it's a jet or an Uber, either way, the poor girl just wanted any type of vehicle to transport her away from there. So. Yeah, for sure. Um. When the couple retrieved the car from the valet and headed back to their hotel, things took a very sinister turn. The evidence suggests that Ryan attacked Jasmine in the car first, and investigators believe that he may have seen the text messages that she had been exchanging with Robert and just spiraled into a fit of jealous rage, which I can definitely believe given the rest of the information that we know about him. Um, When they reached the hotel, Jasmine was already badly beaten, and it is believed that Ryan did not want to take her through the hotel lobby, so he brought her into the room from a private entrance. So the impression I got was that these rooms had, um, the ones that were on the first floor level had a little patio, you know, back patio areas that had a door connected, of course, that they could go in and out of their room. So that is what they're saying that he got her into the hotel room instead of taking her through the lobby and walking right. down the hall. which would be why she wasn't seen on surveillance. Right, exactly. Um, 
So they found splashes of Jasmine's blood and pieces of her hair on the patio, which led them to believe that she likely couldn't walk. And so Ryan laid her on the patio while he ran through the hotel to open the door and unlock the private entrance to get her inside the room. So I watched the surveillance footage of this moment that they're saying this is him coming from the hotel, going to the room. He's literally running through the hallways. Like he's definitely in a hurry. He knows where he's going. I mean, you just see him, like, sprinting as fast yeah. as he can. thinking, like, she's going to get up or something. Is that right. the idea? Or someone might see this woman, like, bloody and laying on the yeah. thing, Ugh. you know? I mean, yeah, you need, you know, I don't, it's it's terrible. I mean, it was 4.30 in the morning, so I don't know how many people were up and moving, but, um, yeah. But there's a plan in motion. He could drop her off somewhere. And, you know what I mean? Like, right. you drop her at the hospital, sure, they're going to find out what you did, but... Right. That this is, you don't have to do this. You don't have to go any farther with this. Yeah, yeah. Right? You've already gone too far. Yeah. Like, it's time to just admit, like. Just be done. Right. Just be done. Let and then if you just want to go on the run. Do go. It. Go away. Go. Go back I'll to Canada. I'll find you a jet. Please. <laughs> please go back to Canada. They don't have enough, like, not nice people up there. Yeah. So please <laughs> just go back. Yeah, we'll, take, we'll send you. Um, so at 5.03 a.m., Ryan appears on surveillance in the hallway of the hotel again. And this time he is holding the telephone handset from inside the room. He then goes to get ice from the ice machine and returns to the room. So the detectives believe that Jasmine uh, was definitely still alive at this point because why else would he have taken the phone out of the room? That's so random. Unless he was worried that she was going to use it to call police or call for help. So that's where, to me, it gets really – I'm just like, oh, that's awful. Like, to even think that she was still alive. and then And then here's this creep going to, like, get her ice from the ice machine. And, like, what? Like, sorry, I just completely beat the crap out of you, but here's some ice? Like, that's not going to cut it, buddy. Like, you know? Um, So after he goes back into the room, he is not seen again for another hour and a half. And I watched a thing on this. There was a few things on this, of course, because it just the nature of it being reality stars and everything. Um, There was quite a bit of coverage that I could find video-wise, so I don't remember exactly which one I watched. But um, we will link to it in the show as notes. As always, <laughs> you know, you know, we lose. We, I don't know. I should just write these things down. Please do. It make my a, life a lot easier yeah. whenever I'm writing show notes. <laughs> Fourteen episodes, and I'm just getting figuring this out. Um, so it is theorized that during this time, they may have been having some discussion about how sorry Ryan was, and maybe even some pleading for Jasmine not to call the police. But the detectives believe that the conversation would have gone south because Jasmine. Probably was really sick of it. We already know that she was sick of it because she was already telling ex-boyfriends that she wanted out and didn't know what to do. And this was something that she had shared with multiple people that she really was not liking her situation. Right. And so the detectives believe that she was going to call the police and was insistent on doing that. And that that is what eventually led Ryan to just completely snap and to kill her. So she was eventually found um, strangled. And that was her manner of death. I'm not sure exactly what he used to do it, but who knows. Um, So that was her death occurred inside of their hotel room. Right. They know that much for sure. Right. Um, So in a panic after realizing what he had just done, Ryan made some horrifying decisions on what to do about covering up the murder. He decided that he would remove her teeth and cut off her fingertips to avoid identification of her body. I don't know where you just get this idea to take out all of those teeth, that's not an easy task. I had wisdom teeth removed, and I thought I was going to have three people on top of me to take them off. I'm sorry. I'm squeamish. And even if you accidentally or even if you went into like a blind rage or into, you know, some kind of episode where you supposedly, you know, want to claim that you blacked out and you murdered someone, that's one thing. But then to do something like that to their body, that is a whole other thing. Yeah, no. And every time you're doing that or, like, cutting off her fingertips, like, that's sick. And I cannot imagine how you can do that, like, that as many times as it right. would take before it clicks in your brain and you're like, hmm, this is not normal. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, this is not a normal situation and what in the world am I doing? So, yeah. Yeah, that kind of grosses me out. The fingertips are terrible, but there's something about the teeth that it's just so, so many. So the next time Ryan is seen on surveillance, it was 624 in the morning, and he appeared to be carrying the contents of a suitcase out to his car, which is, of course, weird. (laughs) Where's the bag that they go in? Right. Um, 
So when he returned to the room, he actually used that empty suitcase to stuff Jasmine's body into. And he just simply rolled the suitcase with her body out the back patio door and put it in his car. Ugh. So then he was seen one final time on the surveillance footage leaving the hotel at 9.20 a.m., of course, alone. And as Melissa said, he did not stop at the front desk to check out. He just simply walked out and left, which now is actually a thing, by the way. You can just do the quick yeah, checkout. Yeah. You don't have to do all that. Um, so Ryan intended to drive to Los Angeles with Jasmine's body in the car, but he was forced to exit in Buena Park due to construction. He found a random apartment complex where he dumped the suitcase with Jasmine's body in it in a dumpster in an apartment complex. Just all around bad decisions. That's not really a... Obviously, if he went through the process to, like, think that he needed to remove identifying features, you would think that he would have at least thought that's not going to be a good place yeah. to, you know what I mean, to hide I know. the body. Although I guess his thought process was that with no way to identify her, then at this point she's just, yeah, it's just a body. And He's then not connected there's to no the apartment connection. complex. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So security footage from Ryan's apartment shows him returning home on foot later that day. Evidently, he had already hidden Jasmine's car, which is whose vehicle the initial attack took place in. Um, So when he got inside of his apartment, he began setting up his alibi. He started sending text messages to Jasmine's friends, acting like he was worried about her and did not know where she was. He also used Jasmine's cell phone to send himself text messages, and then he would respond back to those messages so that it looked like right. he had been in contact with her um, after, of course, her time of death. People like that bug me, too, because you're, you're only covering yourself. I get that they're wanting to cover themselves, but what a twisted person that you're... Right. Like, that is messed up. That's really messed up. Uh, not as messed up as the teeth and fingertip thing. Well, it's the same person, so it's all messed up. Yeah, but, oh, no, Mandy. Pulling out somebody's teeth, I just, it's a different thing than a text message. It just is. <laughs> I, I agree on that. I do agree on that. Um, so later that night, he reported uh, Jasmine missing, and then he skipped town the very next day and headed back to Canada. So now he goes back to Canada. Sketchy. Yeah. Um. So on Sunday, August 16th, 2009, Jasmine's body was discovered by the apartment manager in the complex where Ryan had ditched her body. The suitcase appeared to be leaking blood, and the man lifted the top of the suitcase open and made the gruesome discovery that there was a body in the suitcase. You know what I'd never do? I would never look in the bag. Never look in the bag? I would just call the police straight up. Never open a garbage thing. Never going to look at it. I am not going to investigate anything like that. No. No. Mm Mm-mm. And if he saw that it looked like the bag had blood on it or coming out of it just Just call call. yeah just call (laughs) they're not going to be mad at you that's what they're there for (laughs) right they're not going to be upset with you if they don't find anything but yeah yeah i don't want to i don't ever want to stumble upon something like that so i am not going to open up bags that look suspicious um so police responded to find the body crumpled into a fetal position and badly mutilated of course and stuffed into the suitcase which they said that she actually fit easily inside of so that kind of tells you how small the person she was yeah um Detectives initially thought that this was the work of a serial killer because, sure, why would you think that this was like a, like a one-off? Like a husband situation. Yeah. Like normally when it's I, – I don't know. I don't want to say normally because I really don't know. I'm literally talking out of my you-know-what right now. Yeah. But um, usually whenever you just have like a – what do you call it? Like a snap Domestic, situation yeah, yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not – you don't have these – gruesome details you're not trying to cover it up because right people are gonna know that it's your spouse and you know what i mean exactly it although like accidentally are you stupid like of course you're gonna be the first person they question yeah when they find out who it is you should be (laughs) right you know but i guess he was thinking they wouldn't ever find out who it was or whatever yeah um so the autopsy on Jasmine's body showed that she had been badly beaten and then strangled but without fingerprints or teeth they really had no way of identifying her until they had a break Jasmine had breast implants, and those implants had serial numbers on them, and they were able to use the serial numbers on the breast implants to track down, I guess. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. I don't know whether they tracked down the doctor who put them in or the company itself that makes the silicone implants, but that's what they use to identify her body. So I do think that's cool because, ha, 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 they caught you anyway. Yeah. You know, like, you you know, they figured out. Right. Exactly. Like, you know. You tried so hard, but you just forgot. Like, one little detail. Exactly. Um, 
So detectives immediately started looking for Ryan once they ID'd her body. And uh, when they went to his home, they discovered that he wasn't there, of course. So they made contact with him over the phone on Monday, which was the day after the body was discovered. And they asked him if he could just come down to the station and answer a few questions. At this point, Ryan stated that he could not go to the police station for questioning because he was in Utah on his way to Canada because his visa was about to expire. I'm sure they would have. (laughs) Convenient. But I'm sure they would have been like, hey, Canada, we need him just for one more day. Thanks. Right. (laughs) Yes. Well, they did, actually. They called Canada and let them know uh, to keep an eye out. Um, They put an APB on Ryan's car and alerted both the U.S. and Canadian Border Patrols to keep an eye out for him and um, that he was headed that way. And was potentially wanted for murder. Yeah. So just by the way, keep an eye out. Yeah. Um, so they feared that he may actually be trying to get out of North America altogether and that he was going to go to Canada first because, of course, he had money, yeah. supposedly. Um, they, were, they were worried that he was going to go get to Canada and then get a flight out of Canada to a non-extradition co- country. Right. Where he would then just be free. Free to live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they really stepped up their search efforts and heavily started circulating his description, and they really had everybody out looking for him. And uh, there was a lot of agencies involved in the manhunt, lots right. of U.S. agencies, and then, of course, you have the Canadian authorities that are now involved. So mm, you're kind of on, like, borrowed time, I feel yeah. like, at that point. because I remember when this story was going on and following it and thinking, like, where the heck is this guy? Right. It, was, it was during the tape – I'm sorry, it was during when – Megan wants a millionaire had just come out. Yeah, right. so we'd already I'd already seen like three or four episodes at that point, and so then they VH1 pulls it for then. Like they were like, we got to see what comes of this case. Right. By this time, detectives had gathered some damning evidence. They located Jasmine's car, and inside it was a crime scene in itself. There was blood and strands of her hair in the back seat, and there appeared to have been a major struggle within the vehicle. If they caught Ryan, they definitely intended to charge him with the murder of Jasmine Fiore. On the evening of August 20th, Ryan and a young blonde woman arrived at the Thunderbird Motel in Hope, British Columbia. And Ryan stayed in the car while this woman, mystery woman, uh, went inside and paid cash for three nights at this motel. So this was not like a, this was no Vegas hotel. Yeah, this yeah. was a rundown motel. In, I'm in hiding, you know. There's no of, security cameras r- sort right, of thing. <laughs> right. Exactly that type of situation. Um, so the manager described the woman that he was with as 25 to 30, attractive, calm. They said she was friendly. She made small talk while she was paying for the room, of course, with cash. Right. Um, and then she stayed in the hotel room with Ryan for about 20 minutes before leaving. And she never came back and she was never seen again. So no one knows who this person is. Um, So the next day, August 21st, the manager saw Ryan walking outside of the motel, but she says that she did not recognize him from his picture on TV and that um, the person that she had saw looked extremely exhausted, which I'm sure he was. It doesn't sound like he slept a lot because he's on the run. run, So I'm sure he did look very exhausted. Um, on August 23rd, Ryan and the mystery woman were scheduled to check out from the motel, but when 11.30 a.m. rolled around and they had not done so, the manager and his nephew decided to check on the room. Again. Call the police. Yes. Like, <laughs> I will call the police for everything. Me too. If it even seems like it might be sketchy, I'm calling the police. Like right. I'm not going to investigate it myself. No. I'm just not. Um, so inside, they found Ryan dead from an apparent suicide. He was found hanging by his belt from the wall clothes rack, and there was a suicide note not found in the room. There was no suicide note found in the room, handwritten or anything. Right. But they found a suicide note on his laptop that was dated August 20th, 2009. So that means he wrote it at least a day before he actually did anything. Because right. the hotel manager said that she saw him on the 21st. Well, this message was uh, dated the 20th. Right. So clearly he had been contemplating it and considering it and probably just went he ahead He knew with he it. wasn't going to jail. Right. They knew they were closing in on him too mm-hmm. and like that he, he didn't have much longer left. Um, so the suicide note that they did find on his computer outlined his feelings really for Jasmine and of course said mostly that he really loved her and cared for her and was just frustrated with her because she didn't seem to have the same type of emotion for him and that that angered him and what frustrated him. What does this mean? Him. Right. 
I don't know. So blame it on her. Oh, of course. Very much so. He loved her. And he her. never admitted to the mur- to her murder yeah. in the note either. Why'd you kill yourself? Right. Like, are we all <laughs> supposed to believe that you just... Yeah. Like, you Go fled to, to Canada. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Right. So, Which some people might, if they're still innocent for whatever reason, but no, if you're innocent, you want to be Proven innocent. You want to prove yeah. your, your own innocence, yeah, right? Exactly. So that you can clear your own name. Yeah. And that way you don't go down and be remembered as like somebody who murdered you know, another person. Exactly. So, anywho, uh, as you said a, a little bit ago, VH1 canceled the show Megan Wants a Millionaire. I think they ran three episodes yeah. and then they said, nope, we're not going to do it. At, just always, out of respect for Jasmine's family. Um, totally understandable. But you know, a part of me's always hoped that that was going to fall in line somewhere so I could watch it. I know. Not out of disrespect to her family whatsoever, but it, you kind of want to see, like, were there clues? Well, and Did especially he talk now, about it would be even more interesting, I feel like, to see the whole season yeah. that was recorded. It would be interesting. Honestly, it would have been a dumpster fire. We really aren't missing anything. No. I really would have more liked to see the behavior on the I Love Money yeah. because by that point, he was already going in freak out mode trying to save this relationship that he had or wanted to have with Jasmine. So that would have been the really interesting one to watch. But uh, that season of I Love Money did not air, again, out of respect for Jasmine's family. Good. I'm um, glad they did that because obviously they could have been thinking about their the money they put into it and they didn't, which, great. They did do another season of I Love Money. There was an I Love Money 4, but there was no I Love Money 5. So I'm I'm glad to hear that they (laughs) even found, like, there's no lower level to this dumpster fire of television. (laughs) Right. Um, So Jasmine's family has spoken out about how they want her to be remembered, which is that she was a genuine person loved by everybody who encountered her. And that, of course, she just did not deserve what happened to her. And she didn't. So. No. That's the story. Super sad story. It is really sad. All the way around, especially, I don't know. I just think back of all the times she was trying to get out and couldn't and this was not a long relationship at no, all yeah no was, they were together i think total what i think i said what was it february they got married and yeah, then so six months yeah yeah that's, they, that that's not no and it seems like the entire time it was just terrible tumultuous yeah like that? i'd be interested like to ever like know if they had any interviews with his previous girlfriends to hear if that was like a thing that happened but well he did get arrested for punching and knocking yeah. one down the stairs so I'm sure you could get a few to tell you stories of his and I honestly rages. do think credit to VH1 but also I feel like they pulled all that stuff because they realized we did not check into this right they dropped the ball yeah so I'm giving them maybe a little too much credit but yeah they dropped the ball on this and they could have called Canada there has to be right. Canada you have to have a representative somewhere well You've then you think about call. poor Megan Hauserman who has come out basically and said um I could have been interchangeable with this woman like it could have been me yeah. you know that got you I don't know. feel bad for that one I don't feel bad for her for one minute she was oh my insufferable gosh, she, she was. didn't die Mandy well she <laughs> I would feel bad if she died but she didn't die she was just dramatic and right. terrible but yeah I would have but been I can see sure. right I could see how she would be like wow that's a little close you know that's like a Dodged a bullet there, yeah. so to speak. Sure, so. For sure. So um, we are going to keep our I'm Invincible's win to one because this is a very long episode, and my goodness, this is the latest we've recorded. Maybe the latest I've ever been awake. It's 1045. <laughs> I know. I have got to get home to my bed right now. <laughs> okay. Our only I'm Invincible win is actually from a new friend on Twitter, Christine at 30 Roses, um, and she just said, I keep the shower curtains open so axe murderers can't be behind- hide behind it, which is totally a normal thing like I do with Chucky. So I, I understand this. I, she was worried about Chucky and I was worried about, no, I was worried about Chucky and she was worried about axe murderers, but I responded back to her and she said her sister actually, when the movie Chucky came out, got like a life-size or, you know, like how the movie theaters have the cardboard cutouts oh my gosh, and put no. that in her shower. <laughs> That's terrifying. Never forgive somebody that for that. Ever, ever, ever. Well, I mostly just keep my shower curtain shut because my bathtub always looks like a trash disaster because my kids have so many toys and um, they're always filthy animals. So yeah. <laughs> the bathtub's always dirty too. <laughs> I All have right. to clean it every time. <laughs> All right. So we have two promos tonight. The first one is from a newer podcast called Justice Delayed. And you guys might want to talk, uh, check into that. It's a an ongoing case that they're covering. And the other one is not a true crime, but it's our friend TJ with Pints and Puzzles. And he gets into very different there's not true crime i already said that but um i don't want to say alienish but different how would you even like 
Stories of the strange. Let's call it that. Yes. Is that a good description? Strange stories. If you like strange stories, check it out. And also he gives craft beer tips um, if you're into that. Um, And he's really nice. He's just been great to us. A wonderful Twitter friend. Loved by all. And so, (laughs) no, he's been really supportive to us and we appreciate that. So I hope you guys will check out his show. Um, And next week is our big, nobody thinks it's a big 15th episode, but... We made it into a special episode. It's going to be a complete mess because we have the kids on, we have other podcasters on, we have listeners on. We're we're doing all of this in one show. So stay tuned, guys. All of our ideas into one. This could be the rise and fall of Moms and Murder right here (laughs) next week. The week after, we'll be like, guess what, guys? We hit no downloads. Somehow people asked for their numbers to fall off. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Hi everyone, this is Sharon from Justice Delayed, where we're doing an interactive investigation into a 15-year-old murder case. This is a true crime podcast about 22-year-old Jennifer Servo, a TV reporter who was brutally murdered less than two months after moving to Texas. Police think it was someone she knew. We're looking into all the angles. Each Thursday, I'll update you on the investigation. You ask questions and suggest what's next. Join us as we search for justice and a murderer. Check us out on iTunes and participate on Facebook. What's the podcast? Play me a podcast. Hey guys, it's TJ from the Pints and Puzzles podcast. You miss me to my dad. We explore some of the strange, unusual, and often obscure cases throughout history. But did I mention there's craft beer reviews? My dad's show is the best. Come give us a listen on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Thanks so much for listening to the Moms and Murder podcast. Make sure to check back with us next week for a new episode. You can also find us at momsandmurder.com where you can connect with us via social media. Please make sure you subscribe and give us five stars because giving us four stars would be a crime. Thanks so much.